Welcome to my Beauty Fuel Food by JJ, a yoga and wellness expert from New York living in Paris. JJ seeks out creatives and entrepreneurs who exemplify a vision of how to live a good life. Welcome to our very high vibrational lifestyle. So I am here today with one of the founders of Canyon Coffee, Casey, all the way from the West Coast. Thank you so much for joining me, Casey. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. So can you start by telling us the story of Canyon Coffee? Uh, yeah. Um, so it really begins with uh, me and my partner, Allie, meeting. Um, we're a couple in, in coffee and in life. Um, <laughs> so we met in, I think, uh, 2013. And right when we met, um, we were both starting to travel a lot for work. I was a touring musician. Um, she was traveling, traveling a lot for modeling. So in our first eight months together, we were apart for like six months. Um, and something we bonded over real quick, right when we met was coffee, just like on a, on a normal level, like anybody would have a coffee with someone they just met, but being apart from each other, it became something that we just kind of, it was a way for us to connect over distance. And so we both started getting more into coffee when we'd be traveling. So we would be finding local roasters wherever we went, whether it was, you know, Portland, Maine or um, Paris, France or uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And when we found, you know, when we had a great cup, we would buy a bag of beans and send it home to each other. Um, so that was that was the spark. And then uh, over the years, I started working in the industry as a barista. We became really good friends with this uh, great roaster out here in LA named James Clapp. And in 2016, we everything kind of culminated and it's something just clicked. Me and Ali were on a hike in the Santa Monica Mountains. And we just realized we're way more into this <laughs> than we realize. Um, and we And we felt like there was something that we weren't seeing in coffee. We felt like there was a, like a warmth missing, a, something about coffee that made us feel special on a daily basis that we weren't really seeing being communicated or, or received in the, in the world of specialty coffee. And um, so we wanted to create that. And that was, uh, that was the impetus. So we started in 2016. And over four years, we've just continued growing organically. Um, and so now we're, we're sold uh, we hold, have wholesale accounts around the country, and people buy our coffee from home, uh, online, around the world. That is a crazy and such an awesome story. I actually, I can't, <laughs> I don't know whether I discovered Canyon Coffee before you guys went and had your little moment at Echo here in Paris or after it, but you definitely have an awesome presence, and I feel like everyone or a lot of people I know and love are very much into Canyon Coffee. And I'm wondering how you guys started with your communication, because I feel like you speak to a very specific community um, to which I feel a part of. And I'm wondering how that all kind of came in place, because I feel like that's such a hard, hard thing to kind of touch on when you're starting a new business. Yeah, that's, that's, it definitely is. I, I think it's funny. That's, you know, how I mentioned that everything felt like it culminated before we started. Um, a big part of, a big part of that kind of was that voice because for years we had been traveling, you know, um, 
visiting places. We started, you know, when we would visit a town, like our, our itinerary would be based on the coffee shops we were going to visit. And we don't, okay, wait, we don't make itineraries when we travel, but we would just like, okay, where are we starting today? Oh, this coffee shop. Um, this kind of um, vibe emerged organically through that. Um, so there was, there was a, you know, I think a lot of times when people start something, they start developing that voice and thinking about their community from scratch. And so I guess in a way, we had already kind of been speaking in a way and developing that voice over a few years, even though we didn't realize it was going to lead to a company at one point. Thinking about the community and who we speak to, I don't, it's tough because for us, we, we can't really sell anything unless we believe in it. <laughs> and we can't speak about something unless we care about it. And so I would, you know, I, it's tough for me to guess what people really resonate with in, in the way that we communicate. But I would hope that it's because they're actually sensing that authenticity and in the true sense of the word, not, not like as a buzzword. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that and, and I think that also where we live in Los Angeles and when we started, we were very inspired by other companies around us that are, have grown and become very well known. So we were friends with... Um, you know, several companies that people know now, Moonjuice, uh, Sun Potion, Four Sigmatic, all in the kind of superfood wellness world. Um, we were inspired because we knew the people who started those companies. So we had seen what they had done. Um, and yet we also, we were clearly differentiating. You know, we decided we're not going to, we're going to make it about coffee. Coffee is its own superfood. Um, and so, yeah, I guess. Not that those were like inspirations, but I think that we felt a part of this community and I think we pulled inspiration from how, you know, who they were speaking to in a way. I totally, totally get that. And I think one thing that's been really crazy and interesting is to kind of see how everything has evolved with the current situation. And especially, I think it's interesting coming from to speak to to you about it, because Canyon coffee was an international thing even before things, even though we can't travel, I feel like now more than ever, we're experiencing things from other places. For example, the possibility now for me to be able to take classes with some of my favorite yoga teachers in the US, because mm -hmm. that's the only way that anyone can practice. Um, right. Whereas you were, you guys were coming to Echo when way before this all happened. So I'm interested mm -hmm. to see kind of also if you could tell us a little bit of how Canyon Coffee has also shifted with um, kind of what's going on at the moment. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when the when the pandemic hit out here, that moment in L.A. was really when the first shelter in place orders came or I guess requests. Um, and right away, like all of our wholesale just disappeared. And that was like 80% of our business. Um, but then overnight, like our online sales just more than compensated. And so we were like, oh, I, we might be okay here. Um, and it's, it's weird. We're, I, I mean, we're just incredibly grateful for that. And I think, and I think about the people who haven't had such luck. Um, but like what it's, I guess what it um, uh, reinforced for us is that 
you know, what we've been trying to do the whole time with our coffee, it's pretty simple. Like our, our goal at the end of the day is just to help people find a way to enjoy each day a little more, to find something that adds a little beauty and warmth to every morning. And um, when the pandemic hit and everybody was at home every day, it's just, it was really, it was nice to know that, okay, yeah, we're actually, we're, we're helping with that. You know, everybody was getting pour over sets and grinders and coffee and starting to make, you know, their own coffee at home. Um, so, you know, throughout this time, we've just wanted to be a voice that goes back to that. You know, there's so much going on, especially in the US. And we just want to keep coming back to being that voice that's just like, you know, find a way to have ritual, you know, start your day right. And um, if we can accomplish that for people, then that's, uh, that's really our goal. I feel like that's really a really interesting point, though, that you brought up that you guys had a huge wholesale um, business, because I think from an outsider's perspective, when you look at Canon Coffee, for me, for example, I would think of it as something that, you know, people buy individually. So mm -hmm. just to hear also that even from a company that seems like, you know, the kind of coffee that people order for themselves individually, that actually, even though in the end, it ended up totally working out that there was a huge moment of struggle as well. And, you know, that, that, you know, it, that there's always kind of a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a part of that was, you know, it's this, our industry that we're in is specialty coffee. I knew as a barista from the beginning, it'd be really difficult to get our coffee into specialty coffee shops. It's very competitive. And so when we started, we were like, let's just, where else can we go? And we thought, well, we love poking around these cool little boutiques where we can find nice mugs or throws or, you know, uh, candles um and so we were like let's see if we can get them to sell our coffee and so it was all you know so yeah a, a big part of our wholesale is boutiques but then we also um got into some grocery and hotels and we knew that we had to diversify for our business just to be safe because without any investment money you know going from no company to making a living off online sales selling something that most people get at the grocery store was going to be tough. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And now I'm, I'm happy that, you know, a lot of our wholesale is back and our, our grocery is back too. So the business is, is doing okay. I think we have a lot in common and that's probably why one of the many reasons why I love Canyon coffee, because I too love poking around like pottery shops and places that <laughs> that's probably why I discovered it. Cause I saw it at these kind of places. Yeah. Um, so how did the discovery journey of actually deciding what your coffee would be and why is it called Canyon Coffee? Both great questions. Um, so let's see. Well, how we got our first coffee, um, we knew from when I was a barista and worked at a small roastery that we knew how to import coffee. We knew people who were importers. Um, so we kind of already knew how that system works. Um, and, and I like to, I like to, um, talk about importers because a lot of roasters kind of like to put, put this myth out there that they're going down and like hunting for coffees and they like find the best coffee and then they like throw it over their shoulder and bring it back. <laughs> uh, 
But like, there's all these importers that have been working with farmers for decades, often improving their quality of life. They're like, they're there all the time. They're helping them build playgrounds for their kids, build better processing, giving them tools to grow coffee better so they can get better rates. So yeah, uh, don't discount importers in coffee. They're very important. Um, so we knew we could pick a coffee from anywhere in the world to start. Um, I had lived in Guatemala for um, about half a year back in 2010 and uh, to learn Spanish. And since that was one of the coffee growing countries that we actually had a connection to, we thought, let's start with the coffee from there. So for that very first coffee, we pulled samples from Guatemala. We made a big table of samples and cupped them all. That's the universal practice for tasting coffee. And um, we had consensus over one uh, cup from a farm, um, a group of farmers called Chochahau, which is near this beautiful lake in Guatemala called Lake Atitlan. And we started with that coffee. Um, so that's how we got the first coffee. Uh, the name Canyon came while we were actually hiking again in the Santa Monica Mountains and in a canyon. <laughs> I think that we were in Temescal or Rivas Canyon. Um, but we had been trying to think of a name and uh, Ali said it. Uh, she just put it out there. And it really just, in one word, felt like it encapsulated a lot of inspiration we had been gathering over the years. Um, for me, it speaks a lot to a trip we took to northern New Mexico, um, like a year or so into our relationship when we visited the artist Georgia O'Keeffe's home. Um, we were driving around the desert. We just had this really amazing time and all the canyon lands out there, the, the, those, um, just the aesthetics of the land out there and also the story of Georgia O'Keeffe and how she lived, um, her home, like the things that she kept in it. She made coffee with the Chemex. Um, Canyon just seemed to fit that while at the same time also speaking to our uh, lives in L.A. Um, and the, the final little uh, uh, bullet point there was that I was living in Beachwood Canyon in Los Angeles when Allie and I met. And so, it you know, canyons themselves have this special place for us. And since we don't have a shop. It... The perfect match. Yeah, yeah. And we just and we just stuck with can simply canyon instead of like Beachwood Canyon coffee because we weren't tied to one canyon. Just the the idea the idea of canyon really fit. So yeah, I feel like it's also really it's cool because it's easy to interpret it because you know I feel like almost everyone knows of Runyon Canyon, so you know right. it's from LA, <laughs> so you can maybe think it's Runyon Canyon, or but there's so many, so it, it kind of leaves it open to interpretation. I I, I like that a lot. Uh, oh yeah, I've got a, a fun story. We were we always did these big markets, so we did coffee for Echo Park Craft Fair Market, um, where it's just line all day. Like you know, we're we're making like two coffees a minute, and um, this uh, this woman came up and she was with her parents, and I'm taking orders. And she's like, oh, mom and dad, this is the coffee company I was telling you about. They're from Topanga. And I, and I was like, oh, are they, are, are they from Topanga? Um, and she's like, 
I was like, I don't know. If, I don't think they are from Topanga. And she was like, no, they're the owners live in Topanga Canyon. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. So like, yeah. So it, I think you're spot on. Jesse, like it's, and that's, what's cool, I guess, is that, you know, when people see it, they connect it with like their association with, you know, canyons. So I like that. I like that too. Well, I think a question that a lot of people ask um, themselves, and I'm, it's an interesting question that for me to ask you guys too, because I mean, I don't have a business with my boyfriend, but we do work together on certain projects. And I think that that dynamic is is always an interesting one. So I'm wondering how you guys um, kind of split the work and if you guys take certain tasks and also how you guys manage to not let it get in the way of your relationship and have it stay as a positive thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's kind of like the work, you know. Um, As for how we separate work, um, now it's easy. I can just say we have... Uh, very distinct roles, you know, but that's four years in. Um, and so, you know, we've gotten much busier with the growing company and, you know, roles are very required. It was a little more gray in the very beginning when like, you know, different categories of our business hadn't taken shape yet. Um, but, you know, uh, Ali is definitely the creative director of Canyon. She has, uh, quote unquote, the eye. So she is like the eye of Canyon. Um, and underneath that umbrella, she kind of runs all of the marketing, the social media. Um, she designs with Ceramicist a lot of the the mug collaborations that we do. Um, and even down to like decisions on like label colors um, or, you know, anything like that. I always just like, I kind of weight my opinion at like, uh, like 20%. <laughs> Um, and trust Allie's eye. Um, not to not to talk down my own eye, but you know she <laughs> she's the one. Um, and then I'm I'm technically the the CEO of the company, and so um, and that's really just a result of when we started. I was I had more time on my hands. I was uh, in another band, but I had more free time, so I was dedicating myself. And uh, as a result, you know, I became the person who was kind of the the fill in of all the admin, all the operations, you know, wholesale relationships, sales, um, uh, running the the online store. Um, yeah, and then there's James, uh, the roaster, and he basically runs production, and he also is head of uh, sourcing and green coffee buying. Um, so those are, so roles are incredibly important. Um, getting back to, you know, being a couple that works together, um, you know, we learn pretty quickly that we have, you have to set boundaries. You have to be able to say like, we're not talking about work now. Um, uh, any, anyone's prone to be really excited about something like a new idea or a project. And so when you're a couple and you're working on something together, like one of you is going to wake up at like 7am and like, just want to get like right to it. And you learn like for each other, cause both every, everybody can have a day like that. You learn for the other person that like, you need to, you need to have like a start time where you can't like, you know, uh, greet somebody when they wake up with like a whole like to do list. <laughs> um, and same goes for at the end of the day. Um, 
And then I think that the the long term thing, and this is kind of a um something that we only saw over over time is that uh kind of uh is keeping intimacy is one of the things that you need to be cognizant of because if you're spending all your time together that's um it's it's kind of intimacy is like a precious thing and so to to keep that in your relationship i think it's really important that you know we have date nights like we have um we designate special time that's just completely removed from work um and so that we can you know just be people outside of work and that also speaks to i think so much of that just has to do with us as individuals it's so easy to get your ego wrapped up in your your business or your brand or your company and every person as an individual also needs to keep the things outside of work that make them who they are so ali has her things and same for me i still make music i love writing um being able to be show up as a partner i think requires you know everybody to do what they have to do to be their fullest self yeah i couldn't agree more and i think you're so right about like um creating schedules because we all function so differently and i think that that goes for you know kind of like any kind of relationship in work or in um you know partnerships because for instance like i know for myself like i'm somebody that wakes up at six to seven and needs to look at my phone first, but then work out and do all this stuff. Whereas like my boyfriend is not like that at all. And I think it's just about that balance. (laughs) Um, But for sure, finding it has got to be something. And especially when you guys literally have a company together, but I would love to know Mm -hmm. if you guys do have any little routines and also like when do you guys always drink your coffee together? How does it work? Do you guys have like, (laughs) Is it always like a pour over? Tell me if you guys have any like special little routines. Yeah, that's really every morning we wake up and make a pour over for each other. Um, and and that's what becomes like, you know, I, I feel like this is also at this point become like a buzzword, but it's the it, we've been using it from the beginning. It's it's the ritual, you know, so um, I always designate that from the routine because uh, the ritual is something that you do you you the ritual is something you do with mindfulness there's like some attention to it so every morning like we don't do anything until one of us has woken up and made our pour over and we share it and that's just kind of our quiet time so it's something we're doing together but we're also just kind of usually doing our own thing so journaling or reading or writing um so that's like that's just a given for us every day. Ali's actually with family right now in New York. Um, and so we're not having, I'm having my coffee by myself, but I still made myself a pour over. <laughs> um, I like starting that yeah. day that way as well. I think also, I mean, a lot of people have really taken up this, um, this really good ritual now that we've been at home so much. Like I never made myself a pour over coffee at home ever until I finally bought myself like the right equipment when I was at home and it was like a total game changer. Yeah. That's, it was, it was for us. That's like, that's another thing that sparked everything. Like I broke Ali when me and Allie were new, I broke her French press one day when I was washing it. Um, I went to go. Yeah. And I just like ran out to get another one and they didn't have French press, but they had this. And I was like, Oh, Hey, 
it's, I've seen that thing before. And then I made a cup with the same coffee we had been using. And I was like, oh, that tastes so different. Like, it's not that it's necessarily better than French press. I prefer it, yeah, but obviously, but it's just, it's so smooth. And like the process, it takes more intention. It's funny because some people are like, takes too long. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think I can give myself, you know, four, five minutes to, to do something mindfully. I, I like having that little moment to slow down when I start my day. Yeah, I, I, I totally, totally, totally get that. Um, and as far as the future is concerned, are there any little projects in the works that you could talk to us about for Canyon Coffee? Um, I, yeah, I can. There's, we're, we've been working behind the scenes on actually um, creating our own sweater um, here in Los Angeles. And it kind of, kind of seems out of nowhere, but with the pandemic, like we felt like, well, what, you know, is there anything else like we can be doing that's like also like plugging into our local economy? Um, and James, our roaster, his girlfriend, Jocelyn, has worked in the fashion industry. And so we thought, let's like, you know, let's make an organic cotton sweater dyed with our coffee, um, 100% made in Los Angeles. Um, so we've been working on that. That'll be cool. That's coming out in November. It's uh, October now. So, um, but we also, um, it's, I don't think it, this has been out yet, but we actually just, uh, we're on board and we uh, are starting to sell our coffee with Thrive Market. Um, and they are a national e-commerce grocer. And so um, who's kind of focuses on like um, providing, being available to people who are in food deserts. Um, like my parents, for example, they live in like deep in rural Minnesota and like the nearest place where they can get organic produce is hours away. And that's the kind of like those are the kind of areas that thrive like tries to get help people get food to and so we were like yeah it's a no-brainer let's we want to have our coffee there um so those are like the those have been the two big projects lately yeah i think i need that sweater that sounds amazing i love that. <laughs> yeah it's it's dyed with uh with beechwood our, our organic beechwood coffee does it smell like coffee no, that would be amazing though. Maybe we can just like, before we ship each one out, we can just like sprinkle some like grounds in there. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Where you store your coffee, you should like store the sweaters in there. And then like, that would be cool, right? Yeah, or just like, uh, you know, like vacuum sealed coffee. We'll have like, uh, like coffee, coffee sealed sweaters or something. <laughs> that would be super, super cool. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. that we took the time to do this podcast. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure and so interesting to hear your story. I'm such a big supporter. I mean, I'm at Echo uh, thanks, the Jesse. other day. Um, I love Echo. If if you see Matthias, please say hi to him for me. Oh, I'll probably see him again like very soon. So I for sure will. Oh, good. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you, Jesse.